church. <laughs> Thanks for that word, Barbie. I want to welcome our guests. Thank you for being here. So we are entering into a new season in this church, and God has given me some instructions, and I'm just going to be passing them on to you today. Um, and it is a challenge. He is giving us a challenge for all of us to just leave the realm of need-based prayer and worship and just enter into his presence in all we do. To enter into a posture of just adoring God, honoring God, glorifying him, lifting up Jesus, spending time with Holy Spirit. Just lifting up loving hearts of adoration and praise that he is holy and worthy. And we will be, in doing that, we are going to be pouring new wine into new wineskins. That's what he told me. And it's going to be needed for the days ahead, beloved. It will be needed for the days ahead. He wants our eyes to get off us and onto him. And the more we do that, the more that we enter in, the more that we allow him to just be Lord, be king, worship him, the better we're going to fare in the days ahead. You have nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear at all. You are safe in the arms of Jesus. You are safe in the arms of Jesus. And as you worship him, he, is, he will just carry you in his streams of love. So we are being challenged today to put away prayers based on, I need, you know, please do this for me, and to shift purely into adoration, exalting, honoring, glorifying, praising him. So, we would be, we'll be praising him for who he is, praising him for his creation, praising him for his character. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Glory to God in the highest. Hosanna. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Worthy, worthy, worthy are you, Lord. Awesome in this place are you, Lord. Beautiful beyond compare are you, Lord. Loving beyond description are you, my Father. Who is like you, Lord? There is none other like you, Lord. There is no greater than you, Lord. You are powerful in resurrection. You are powerful and mighty. You are king of kings and lord of lords. So do you sort of get that idea? There'll be freedom in that for you because it will take you out of a worldly realm into the glory of God, into the presence of God. Do you understand that? Because worshiping God, and there are many forms of worship. You can sing, you can speak to him, you can, 
you know, in your thoughts as you're doing things throughout the day, you can just give him glory. You can just praise him. You can just say, thank you, Lord. You're wonderful, Lord. You are mighty in this place. Thank you for your presence with me, Lord. Thank you, thank you, okay? So you can do that all throughout the day. And it establishes us, this worship. It, it puts our feet in glory. It establishes us in glory. It shifts our eyes from, and our hearts, heavenward, okay? It shifts our, our mentalities out of this world, out of the circumstances of this world, and into heavenly realms, okay? So, Seriously, every time over, say, the next 30 days, if you find yourself focusing on the problem, just shift your eyes, shift your heart. Say, Lord, give me, give me revelation of you, okay? So I'm going to give one example. You know, normally we go through a million scriptures every Sunday morning. <laughs> so you're going to be shocked today. We're only going to have one scripture. Um, and it's the one where Saul was applauding the stoning of Stephen. He stood there, he witnessed it, and he applauded it, right? He was a great persecutor of the church body. And I believe that he saw the manifestation of the glory on Stephen, and it changed him. It changed him. It'll change you, and it'll change those around you. You're what they need, okay? So I'm going to read through Stephen's discourse to the Sanhedrin, Acts 7, 48 through 60. Verse 48. However, the Most High does not live in houses made by men, as the prophet says, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? See that? Him, king of kings, majesty, creator of all. No one greater. He sits on his throne in heaven. You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Okay, there's a lesson for us right there, right in the scripture. You always resist the Holy Spirit. We do not want to resist the Holy Spirit. We want to learn more and more and more about Holy Spirit. We want to be yielded to Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your honors, your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. That's Jesus. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was put into effect through angels, but have not obeyed it. When they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, okay? But Stephen. See, Stephen's different. You are called to walk differently. 
Stephen, he experiences, in, in this, we're going to see in this passage, he experiences God's glory. And you cannot tell me that when those that were witnessing it and those that were around him, that they did, were not affected by the glory that Stephen saw, the glory that he experienced. You cannot be unaffected by the glory of God, by the presence of God. Impossible. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven. See, that's why we worship. That's why we start with worship. It gets our eyes heavenward, our hearts heavenward. Okay? And he saw the glory of God. Okay? He, he looked up to heaven. At that moment, okay, they, they were gnashing their teeth at him. They were furious with him. At that moment, was he sitting there saying, oh, gee, I think something bad's probably about to happen to me. This is a sticky situation. This is dangerous. No, that is not where his eyes went. That's not where his heart went. That's not where he was focusing. He was not focusing on the chaos that was about to take place. And because of that, he just went to sleep. You know? Full of Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. We have to look heavenward in our hearts, in our meditations, in our worships, in our prayer. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. You know, that's the only place in Scripture that I'm aware of that we see Jesus standing. We're always, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, correct? Correct? Well, he stood for Stephen. He stood here. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God, look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices. So they obviously heard because they covered their ears. They didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to know about the glory. They didn't want to know about his experience with Jesus. They didn't want to know. They didn't want to hear it. They just wanted it to go on the way they'd always done it. Whether that's pharisaical or churchy or whatever. See, you're not called to church. You're called to relationship. Okay? And when we worship God, it places us in heavenly realms. It really does. Worship that glorifies him, it places us in heavenly realms. As they covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices, so rejecting this, we're not going to reject it, we're going to do what Stephen did. We're going to enter in. They all rushed at him dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Where was he looking? Where was his focus? Receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out. He's not obviously just crying out in his own heart. 
This is, this is vocal. They're hearing what's going on. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Now, if you were in the presence of that, and, and, and I'm not saying any of you would stone Stephen, but let's say a person was in the presence of that, witnessing or, or partaking in the stoning, and he cried out, Lord, forgive them, for they do, not, they do not know what they do. How would that affect you? Would you think this guy has something I don't have? Seriously? Would you think there's some sort of presence there that's allowing him to do this? There's a glory on him. The Lord is giving him the ability to forgive in the midst of being stoned. You could not be unaffected by that. You could not walk away from that not changed. Do you see what you are supposed to be to the world? Do you see why it's so important that you enter worship? Because the only way you're going to get this is to worship your Father, your Lord, your King. Stephen wasn't poor me in it that day. He was worshiping his father. He was trusting his father. And you will be Stephen to those around you when you partake in that same manner. You see that? I believe that when Saul saw the glory on Stephen and the forgiveness in his heart and, and, and Stephen's heart to the father, that that then prepared Saul's heart for his next encounter. You never know what seed you're going to plant by worshiping the Father. I believe that was seed, because he was there. They were laying clothes at his feet. He was there giving credence to it. He saw this. There's a seed planted that ultimately allowed his life to be totally turned around for the Lord. To become the most powerful apostle. Writing the majority of the New Testament. Leaving it for us. He left it for you because he he witnessed something. Uh, Something happened in him. The glory of the Lord reached his heart in truth. Not just, you know, not just law. This is not law. This is spirit and truth for every one of us. And because Stephen entered the glory and that glory affected others, Paul's life was totally changed. The road on the road to Damascus, he then became Paul. See what I'm saying? We must worship. We must allow the glory of the Lord to change us. Worshiping God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, it brings us into this intimacy, intimacy with our Father, and we are changed, our circumstances are changed, others around us are changed. You see, we don't need to just sit there and say, I've got this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem. All that can be solved 
by entering into intimacy, entering into worship with our Father. He knows it. He knows what you're dealing with. And believe me, his heart to take care of it is bigger than the need that you feel in your own heart. See what I'm saying? So, people perceive the Spirit in you, whether they understand it or not. They perceive it. When you're yielded to Holy Spirit, they perceive it whether they understand it or not. And worship out of our hearts breaks barriers and moves us into the atmosphere of heaven. It moves us into the atmosphere of heaven where we can hear from and experience God our Father. It breaks through every mental barrier. See, it, it, it passes your brain. Passes and, and to the real you, right? Into your spirit. It, it brings down strongholds, mental barriers, mental thoughts, mental agreements that you might have so that we may know God's way, God's will, God's plan. It liberates our souls. Okay, what's your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions, right? Those will be liberated. It liberates your souls. To con- to, and it gets rid of the, the flesh ties, let's put it that way. The ties of the flesh. It transforms our souls. It renews our minds. It renews our minds. And it gives, basically, poetically, if you want to think about it, it gives your soul wings into the spirit realm. The heart of God. Worship. Prayer that worships him. It connects you with heaven. It connects we, me with heaven. It frees us from conformity with the patterns that we've just sort of gone through in this life. Right? The traditions of men. Doesn't the scripture warn us about just following traditions of men? So these patterns that are established, it it allows us to break out of those. True worship frees us from idolatry. Okay, and when I say idolatry, I'm I'm not talking, I mean, of course, idolatry was when they, in the Old Testament, when they worshiped other gods, right? But idolatry is anything in our lives that focuses on self rather than on the Lord. It's anything in our lives that exalts a self situation over him. So if I'm focused on my problems, I have an idolatry issue. Because I'm making my problems bigger than my God. Right? And a lot of times that makes peop- brings anger to people and they, don't, they get frustrated by it, but it's really just because, you know, you haven't allowed God to be the king of that particular situation in your life. So worship frees us from the entanglements and the enticements of this world and fleshly desires. And it takes our eyes off me, myself, and I. Me, myself, I. And it places our hearts on God. Worship 
You know, this is another thing. Worship actually brings us into unity. We need to be a united body. We're all members of, of Jesus, right? We're all members of the church, his bride. But we all have very important parts to play. And so some things are for different functions than others. And that's important. We need to embrace one another in, within the bounds of the scripture, of course. Right? Truth. The, just a, the truth of the scripture is what I'm saying. But did you notice when you're worshiping, if you're truly worshiping and honoring God, do you notice how we're all like a different part? We're all, there are all these beautiful harmonies and, and, and voices that go together into one stream, into one river. You're not thinking about your divisions. So worship unites the body. That's why we spend time doing it. When the devil offered Jesus all the splendor and all the authority of all the kingdoms of the world, all, in other words, all that anyone could want in the flesh, right? Worldly things, all that you could want, that you'd never have another need. What did Jesus do? Jesus defeated that temptation, that offering, when he said, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. He didn't use that word worship for no reason. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Praise the Lord. So let's look at worship defined by Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary. It says, this is what we're entering into, beloved. This is, this is where we're moving. This is the challenge. To honor with extravagant love. Lord, we honor you with extravagant love and extreme submission. Extravagant love and extreme submission. What safer place could you be than to be submitted to the Father? To adore, to pay divine honors to, to reverence with supreme respect and veneration. That's powerful stuff. Praise defined Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary. To extol in words or song, to magnify, to glorify on account of perfection or excellent works. Is there anyone other than the Lord that's perfect? He and He alone. And we extol those per, his perfection to commend, to applaud. So, beloved, worship is the new wine. This is really what the Lord is speaking to me. Worship is the new wine that is going to give us all new wineskins. You need new wineskins for what's coming. 
You need new wine for what's coming. But you see, you don't have to be any place but in a place of rest and peace. Rest and peace, that's what the Lord has for us. Rest and peace in him. So the Lord spoke to my heart two words that I'm going to give to you. And then there's a vision that one of our members, one of our sisters had last Sunday during worship, during worship, I've had so, several people from this church come to me and, and they tell me of visions they're having during worship. He inhabits the praises of his people. And then we are going, very unusually today, to have another worship moment. And then I'm going to end with a few thoughts. Okay? But don't be surprised if things are going to be changing up in the near future. All to the glory of Jesus. So there are two words. The first one. They're, they're a little lengthy, so I hope you're okay with that. Too many in my church focus on the devil and his power, which is not even existent in my kingdom. It is time to shift your focus. Worship me. It is time to refresh your minds, refresh your souls, your mind, your will, and your emotions to the truth of my kingdom. That's God's kingdom. That's Jesus. The kingdom, the gospel of Jesus. My kingdom is the kingdom with power and authority over every kingdom of darkness that would try to challenge me. There is no challenge, and it's time for my church to walk in my kingdom. Do you understand what he's saying to you? You, You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And the blood of Jesus has drawn a dividing line between the two. There is no challenge. It's time for my church to walk in my kingdom, my fullness, the breath of Holy Spirit, the new wine that I have intended for you all along. Worship will renew your mind, your will, your emotions, and clothe you in new wine skins. You must shift your focus. Worship me and taste the new wine. Worship me and put on the new wine skin. Let's get going. As you worship me, you will enter into this shift in your lives and you will understand and walk in my glory. Okay, that was the first word that he spoke to my heart that I'm sharing with you today. The second word, and then there's, I'm going to give you the vision. There is no devil in my glory. There's only fullness in Christ. Christ won. 
Yeah, he did. <laughs> Christ's blood provided the eternal wall between you and Satan. And Holy Spirit has provided the river to keep moving forward and not looking back. Lot did not look back. Y'all get that? Lot did not look back. The Israelites kept looking back and that was their defeat. Never look back. The river moves forward. And when you worship me, you swim in my river. You flow with me. You know the gospel of repentance, and my word says it is time for the meat. This is speaking to believers. Of course, we know we should all repent. We know that when we make mistakes. But that's not, this is just referring to, you know, the gospel of repentance. He wants us to grow beyond that, to, to sustain the fullness of the gospel. Okay? That's what he's talking about here. You flow with me. You know the gospel of repentance. And my word says it's time for the meat. Christ's flesh did not see decay. My word will never see decay. Understand that I rose. I am eternal. Rise up with me beyond the gospel of repentance into the bounty of the river of Holy Spirit streams of life flow and manifestation through worship. The glory river is here, and your worship of me turns it into a flood that washes your souls into my freedom, and it washes other souls into my kingdom. They must see my glory in you. Entering in worshiping, enter in worshiping me, acknowledging me, and you will move into my glory. So that's a strong encouragement for us today. That's a strong encouragement. God must love all you guys an awful lot to give you a word like that. <laughs> he loves you an awful lot. He has confidence in you or he wouldn't be wasting his breath. You see what I'm saying? He has confidence in you. So last, and, and I'm giving this particular vision because I want you to understand that when we just worship, the heavens really do open. So this, this was a um, vision that a sister in our church saw during a worship song last week. During worship song, I'm, I'm reading what she wrote to me. During worship song at church, I saw Jesus standing where the ceiling is, the top half of his body. He had a golden pitcher in his hand, and he was pouring out his liquid love on all of us. Isn't that awesome? You see, he does that, but don't you love that he gave a picture of his heart for us, of, of what he's really doing? 
He had a golden pitcher in his hand and he was pouring out his liquid love on all of us. It looked like a thick substance, like melted butter. He had a big smile on his face as he poured out his liquid love on all of us. Just like faith is a substance, love is also a substance. Praise God. Love is a substance. It changes things. So, we're going to have one more worship. We're going to have another moment of worship. And then I'm going to come back with um, a few final thoughts for you all. And then we'll have our communion and, and tithes and offerings.
We love you, Lord. We worship you. We honor you. We adore you. We bless your holy name, King of kings, Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Well, beloved, it is time for us to live in the victory that Jesus has already won for us. It is time to enter in into true worship in spirit and in truth. It is time to stop giving the devil credit. It is time the blood of Jesus has drawn the line between us and the kingdom of darkness. There are only two kingdoms and the kingdom of the Lord has already won. The victory has already been done. It was finished on the cross. It was finished. The devil cannot touch you, and it is time to jump into the river. It is time to flow with God. It is time to seek his presence like no other time in all of history. It is time to flow with him. And he's telling us today to worship him and pray to him, to glorify him, to worship him, to set our eyes on him, to set our hearts on him, not on our momentary tribulations or trials. He's already won the victory. He is giving us a new wine and new wine skins. And worship will release your feet from the shackles of this earth. It will release your feet from the shackles of this earth and it will allow you to soar in heavenly realms with Jesus and all that he has for you. So I challenge you today to put away the me, myself, the I, the need, 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 need based prayers and enter into true worship. Magnify him, glorify him. Understand who he really is to you. Praise him above all. So Lord, today I just pray that we learn to adore you in your fullness, to truly glorify you out of our hearts, to honor and extol you the way that you should be honored and extolled. Lord, help open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts, Lord, to who you are and all that you've already done to your great and wonderful and beautiful love for us, Lord. Lord, we just worship you and magnify you. Help us to see with eyes that see and hear with ears that do hear. Help us to understand the splendor of worshiping you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. We're going to take communion, and when we take communion, we are entering into communion with the Father. We are remembering what Jesus did for us. It is his table prepared for you. We have open communion in this church. Anyone who is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ... If you don't have the communion elements, raise your hand. Somebody will bring them to you.
Does everybody have? 